If I could get you all to turn to 2 Kings chapter 6, and we'll start at verse 24. Second Kings, chapter 6, and verse 24. And it came to pass after this, we'll talk about what the this is a little bit later, that God had, had done some pretty incredible things um, for the kingdom of Israel and particular Elisha and and the king and the nation. And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. This was normally refuse, but it was going for incredible amounts of money. So great was the famine in that city. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the winepress? He's saying, I've got nothing. There's nothing left. And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. Things were desperate. They were on their last legs. There was nothing more to eat. There was nothing more to do but to try to survive. So they would even resort to this incredible gross wickedness. So we bore my son and did eat him. And I said unto her, On the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she hath hid her son. And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman that he rent his clothes. And he passed by upon the wall and the people looked. And behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Sackcloth was a sign of mourning. He was mourning for what had happened to the kingdom, to this city. Then he said, God do so and more also to me. If the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. He was looking for someone to blame. He was looking for someone to be responsible for what had come upon him and and his kingdom. But Elisha sat in his house, and the elders sat with him. And the king sent a man from before him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, See ye how this son of a murderer has sent to take away mine head? Look, when the messenger cometh, shut the door, and hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came down unto him, and he said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any more, any longer? Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then 
a Lord on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. There was nothing left to do but something desperate. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a great, uh, sorry, and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. You would think that it would have been quicker to actually go on the horses, but there was an urgency. They needed to get out of there as quickly as possible. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink, and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it, and came again and entered into another tent, and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. God was bringing a great deliverance, just as he had promised. So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied, and asses tied, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry. Therefore are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city, behold, they are as all, as the sorry, as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. And let us send and see. They took therefore two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord, and exactly as the Lord had said. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate, and the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. As the man of God had said, he spake when the king came down to him. Both prophecies came to pass. 
Because God is a God of miracles. God is a God of the impossible. This morning, the message of the title, the title of the message is in one day. In one day. The people of Samaria were on their last legs because of the siege by the king of Syria. There was no food. The situation was so bad, people were resorting to cannibalism of even their own children. They were in an impossible situation. The very next thing that would happen to them is that their king would either surrender or they would die when the enemy army marched in. Or they would die from from salvation. There was no hope for them. No way out. They were just waiting for the inevitable, trying to tread water in an endless ocean, waiting for death. And then in the middle of that impossible situation, God sent a promise. A promise that was so incredible that they couldn't even begin to grasp it, let alone believe it. They had been downtrodden, shut up, trapped as a prisoner, and slowly starving to death probably for years. Sieges didn't take place over just weeks or days. They took place over many months, usually years, as the people rationed, as the people did everything that they could to survive for as long as they could. The people would have been well resigned to their fate by now. They knew what had happened. They knew that there was no deliverance. They knew that nothing was going to be able to change their fate. The king himself was in mourning, knowing that whatever course of action he took, he was dead. If he surrendered, the king would have killed him. And if he didn't, then he's going to die anyway from starvation. And in the middle of this delay of the inevitable, God gave a promise that they would have freedom and abundance of food the very next day. It was so fantastic that it couldn't be believed. And one trustworthy and wise man, who was, who was the, the right-hand man of the king, decided to say what they were all thinking. Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? Basically saying that even God can't change the situation. Even, even if the Lord did something impossible, changed the laws of physics, changed everything, then this, this, this isn't going to happen. Their faith had all failed. They knew the stories of the all-powerful God who had brought them out of Egypt and showed them mighty signs and wonders, but this seemed to be so long ago and have no relevance to them now in their situation. They had even seen the power of God when God showed the king through Elisha where the Syrians were planning to set up their war camp when they were coming to fight Israel, basically showing him their battle plan. This was just in the previous chapter. So the king of Israel was able to fight directly against their war camps and cause them to flee and go back. And the Bible says that this happened multiple, probably many times. Then when the king of Syria discovered who had been telling their battle plans to the king of Israel, it was Elisha, he sent an army to capture Elisha. God smote them with blindness, and Elisha led them straight to the king of Israel. At Elisha's command, 
the king of Israel and the king of Israel got quite excited at that time. He said, he said, uh, he said, no, can I kill them? Can I kill them? But at Elisha's command, the king of Israel, rather than destroying the Syrian army, as the king wanted to do, fed them and sent them back home. This was probably the reason why the king wanted to kill Elisha. If he had been allowed to kill the army like he wanted to, they wouldn't have, wouldn't have had so many resources and soldiers to circle all the way around the city and besiege it. There had been so many great and powerful victories over the enemy in the past, and the king would have rejoiced in every victory that was so powerfully ordained by God. But now it was a distant memory. Now it looked like God had left him completely alone. It seemed like God didn't care about him anymore and was just willing to let him go. The very enemy that God had given him so many incredible victories against was now about to completely destroy him. He had no options, no way of escape, nobody to call for help. He was completely powerless and alone. And at that moment, God told him that in one day, he would provide salvation. In one 24-hour period, he would reverse the years of suffering and provide complete deliverance. It was unbelievable, and yet God had said it. It was an impossibility, and yet the man of God, the prophet, had the audacity, even the stupidity it seemed, to say something so ridiculous and completely untrue. The Bible doesn't tell us the king's reaction to that proclamation. We do know that he didn't believe it by his reaction when the lepers told the porter of the city, and they came and told him. It says, And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry. Therefore, are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. He was basically saying, this is just a, a battle plan. It's just a strategy by the enemy so that they can destroy us quicker. He did not believe the word of the man of God. His servants had more faith than him in God's word because they said, let's take five horses out and see. He had fallen so far from a man of faith in God to a hollow husk of his former self. But what he didn't realize is that when God gives you a promise, when God gives you a promise, he will move heaven and earth to fulfill that promise. Even if it is impossible. God will change the laws of physics if necessary to fulfill his promise. You see, God changed, God magnified, God amplified the sound of the weak, tired, tentative, fearful footsteps of four despised lepers into the sound of a mighty army of chariots and horses and soldiers. And the Syrians... The enemy that had oppressed them for years in strength and mighty power fled like frightened kittens. They dropped everything and ran. Anything that was going to hold them down, their armor, their, their clothing, 
anything that was going to stop them from running away as fast as they could so that they could run faster and flee away. In a literal 24-hour period, an impossibility became a reality. From complete defeat and destruction in a matter of days to complete victory in one day. In one day. If I could get someone to the piano, please. The Lord has let me know that there are some people in this place that are on their last leg spiritually. They're about to give up. It's just a matter of time and they'll go back where they came from. You might be struggling and oppressed with continual sin that you can't defeat. And you know that it is just a matter of time before it consumes you. God gives you a promise this morning. I will deliver you and set you free in a day. One day you will be oppressed. And the next day you will be free. And your sin will be a distant memory. I will break the power of sin in your life completely. And God wants to give someone else a promise as well. Someone else is on their last leg spiritually. Someone else is in a situation that they can't get out of. It's impossible and they're just waiting for it to happen. God wants you to know that he will save you. He will give you complete victory over that situation in a day. One day, you'll look at the impossible situation. And the next day, you will be rejoicing because of God's incredible provision and power. If you could all stand. the Lord is speaking to you this morning. If he has talked right into your situation, then I invite you to come. I invite you to claim that promise. Don't be like the king of Israel that didn't believe. Don't be like his right-hand man that didn't believe. When God gives a promise, he will bring it to pass. That is something that you can always count on. God will bring it to pass. Even if the situation is impossible. Even if there is no way out. Even if you're just treading water until the inevitable happens. God will make a way. God will change what needs to be changed. God will make a way in the midst of an impossible circumstance and situation in your life. Don't underestimate God or His power or His promises. He will do what no man can do in your life this morning. Thank you, Jesus.